Morena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast that goes out with my daily email newsletter via Substack on the Kaka for paying subscribers to the Kaka. Today, I wanted to have a look at some comments from the Prime Minister in her post-Cabinet news conference on Monday, in which she was critical of the level of bank profits. This followed the release of Westpac New Zealand's profits on Monday, which showed a 17% increase to core earnings of over $1.5 billion for the year. We saw ANZ last week also increase profits in a record way to over $2 billion for the year. And currently the big four Australian-owned banks are making annualised profits at a rate at the moment of over $7 billion per year. Now there's a few reasons for that. Uh, back in the beginning of 2020 and through 2021, the Reserve Bank used the housing market to prop up the economy, essentially unleashing fast lending into the housing market to boost people's perceived wealth and to get the activity going again in the housing market. Because remember, in my view, we have a housing market with bits tacked on rather than an economy. And the Reserve Bank sort of knows this as well and knows that to get the economy going again, to give it support when COVID hit, it needed to slash interest rates and remove restrictions on lending into the housing market. So the banks benefited from that, from low, much lower interest rates, from $55 billion worth of money printing to lower fixed mortgage rates, and also by the creation of a special subsidised lending scheme directly from the Reserve Banks to banks, which actually is still open. It's called the Funding for Lending Scheme. This is where the Reserve Bank will lend money to the banks at a rate equal to the official cash rate. And for a long time, that was 0%. And in fact, the banks have borrowed subsidised money from the government through the Reserve Bank to the tune of $16.4 billion since this was set up in mid-2020. And it's still open until the end of this year. And it's still being used. Last Monday, a bank borrowed $400 million from the Reserve Bank using the subsidised lending scheme. So that was 2020 and 2021. So we've got the Reserve Bank printing money, removing LVRs, giving subsidised loans to banks. And then when the Reserve Bank started putting up interest rates in late 2021, because it realised um, there was too much stimulation in the economy from all this bank lending, it started to put up the official cash rate. And when that happens, the banks often increase their net interest margins as interest rates rise. So what happens is they don't pass on all of the increase in the official cash rate to term depositors, but they pass on much of it to mortgage borrowers. That means that their profit margins have increased. And we can tell that from the reported results from the last two and a half years that net interest margins uh, uh, that the banks charge on their deposits and their mortgages together have risen around about 20 basis points. Also, you've seen tens of billions of dollars extra in lending because of the uh, um, encouragement from the Reserve Bank in 20 and 2021, and that of course creates extra profits. 
you've got to remember too that the banks actually did not increase lending into business and farming over the two and a half years of COVID. It all went into the housing market. Now, some of it went to build new houses, which stimulated actual activity, but a lot of it was simply money used by people to buy each other's houses and bid up prices by 45%. Prices obviously have come off their highs since the Reserve Bank started increasing interest rates. They're down about 10 to 15%, and the Reserve Bank thinks they will fall another 10% or so, so a peak to trough fall of around about 20%. But that means people who uh, borrowed during the mad times of 2020 and 2021 will still be sitting on nominal tax-free leveraged capital gains and house prices that are still 20% or so above pre-COVID levels. So it's clear that the banks benefited from government actions during and after COVID. So should they pay a windfall profit tax? Now, the Prime Minister uh, was asked about this in the news conference after she made some comments about bank profits in which she seemed to suggest that they were um, taking the piss a bit by having very high profits at times when others uh, we're struggling because of COVID. So what I'm going to do now is play you the full exchanges uh, between various reporters and the Prime Minister and including my question to the Prime Minister. The issue here is that the Prime Minister is criticising for the banks for high profits but appears not to be uh, making any proposals for how to deal with that. After we hear her comments, I'll go into some of the details about what the government could or should do. Barry? We see another bank making a record profit today, Westpac, uh, over a billion dollars, um, ANZ last week, two billion. You've talked in the past about people being fleeced at the pump by oil companies, and you've had to go at supermarkets. What do you say to the banks? Yeah. With and one, one of the other first-time mortgage. Yeah, and one of the other points that we've made, and across you know different industries, and I think I've already probably made this point for banks before. Uh, they will, of course, make a range of different arguments as to why it is that uh, they are in the current position that they are in and posting such profits. And they'll make another, a number of arguments as to why they're different to other industries. But they all seek the same social license. You know, they exist in community. They know that this is a time where New Zealanders are facing increases in the cost of living, like many other uh, uh, of our international counterparts. The question I would pose to them is they may be operating, as other banks are, but are they demonstrating social licence? Are they demonstrating a commitment to the communities that they're serving by taking profits such as those in these current times? That would be my question to them. Do you think they are? No. What, what, will the government do anything about it rather than just talking about it? Well, again, here, I mean, they're continuing to operate within the parameters and the rules that are set, but that doesn't mean that necessarily it's getting them the social licence that you would expect from banks who claim to be operating within their, as members of their community and within their community. Yeah, and this is, here I would say, some have said things like windfall tax. It's actually a very different set of scenarios, usually, for those where it is being applied 
applied. Offshore, you'll see in uh, different scenarios, they've applied it to, for instance, energy companies who have benefited from particular events. Uh, the argument here is actually this is a very different set of circumstances. We've seen repeated significant profits being drawn by banks in New Zealand. So this is not uh, what I would argue is a one-off. We've seen this consistently, them posting significant profits. I think there's questions need to be asked through the management of these banks as to whether or not they are serving their communities well. I do want to just keep panning around. So just on yep. uh, that issue of bank profits, um, mm. uh, Britain uh, in the early 1980s under Margaret Thatcher um, imposed a special profit on banks as interest rates rose. And these rising interest rates at the moment are clearly contributing to higher profits. Why not bring in a windfall profit tax because of higher interest rates for the banks? Mm -hmm. I can't comment on uh, the UK specifically in the, the 1980s here, Bernard. It's not something... Done one a couple of years ago. Yeah, and look, what I'm, I'm speaking here very frankly on my observation. Luke's making a particular face that may suggest that was a different set of circumstances. Look, what I'm saying here today is so you're asking the question of my perspective on the profits that are being posted by banks, and I'm sharing my very frank view in response to what we're seeing in the current environment. We don't have any particular policy that would have an impact on what we are seeing. But not everything that should change will change at the hands of government. It is not unusual, of course, for companies or indeed other operators in our communities to assess whether or not what they're doing at any given time is the right way from a corporate responsibility perspective to be behaving. It doesn't always take government intervention for that kind of self-reflection to occur. I think it's time the banks operating in New Zealand did that very thing. Specifically with banks, though. Mm. So Shy, New Zealanders have no choice but to use them for their money, shy of what, gold bars or stuffing their cash under their mattresses. So what other choice is there if not government intervention? Well here I'm simply being frank with you around my observations around what is occurring with bank profits and the fact that do I have a current solution from government on that? The answer is no, but I do share a view as you know, uh, obviously someone that takes a perspective on the behalf of the welfare of all New Zealanders that what we're seeing currently, I don't think uh, is justifiable. I'm not coming here with a policy prescription, but I'm sharing a view. You talked about there's nothing that they're doing that's against the rules. It was a similar circumstance when it came to the petrol companies. It was a similar circumstance hmm. when it came to the supermarkets. They were technically acting within the parameters of the law, but the Commerce Commission acted on behalf I don't of the government. Have, yeah, that. on that, fair question. So I don't currently have uh, in front of me a Commerce Commission market study that can tell me exactly uh, uh, the level of detail that I can for, for instance, for the grocery sector. We know that from the Commerce Commission's work uh, that the grocery sector in New Zealand is taking uh, excess, ex excess profit of roughly a million dollars a day. Now, I don't, have, uh, I don't have that evidence base in front of me now for the sector you're asking me questions on. But I am sharing... The point that it should be the Commerce Commission should, well, to Barry's point, should the Commerce Commission probe this like I'm they have? I'm not in a position to answer that today, but what I can say is from what I see, uh, from what I've observed, this is not 
a new issue. It's one that we've seen for a number of years, though. But in the current environment, uh, does it speak to a level of uh, social license? I think consumers and customers have every right to be asking that question. Will you take policy, on, will you take policy on this to your next election? Uh, too soon for me to, to say on that, Thomas. I mean, as I say, I'm, I'm sharing a frank view, but beyond that, I don't have a policy prescription or answer are for it. Getting, are you getting any work done to look at that situation? That would, be, that would be a question more appropriately answered by Minister Robertson, to be honest. I wouldn't want to get ahead of just in case there are some nuance there around the margins that may appear to be policy that would have that effect. The building, the building materials market study will wrap up uh, soon, and, and, and there are no... I keep putting a bit in. Well, yes. Yeah, look, it's, I, again, again, I don't want to get, a, get ahead of, as I say, I don't have a policy prescription here. I'm sharing a frank view. But Prime Minister, yeah, look. Um, is there something wrong with the banks making big profit? <laughs> in this environment, yes. Well, uh, but isn't the government, uh, you know, the government's balance sheet is uh, benefiting from exactly the same forces as the uh, banks, is, namely inflation? I mean, uh, you know, are you sort of losing your social life? Oh. <laughs> and again, what are we doing with, uh, with that? Childcare assistance, family tax credit increases, half-price public transport, a, reduce, a reduction of fuel excise. You know, we of course know that we have a role to play in trying to reduce the cost of living impacts. Yes, we've seen additional tax revenue uh, from corporate tax revenue in particular, but we are working very hard to make sure that we are intervening as a government to try and reduce the impacts of cost of living on families in particular. Bankside profits are going to help pay for this childcare thing. <laughs> that wasn't what I was arguing. You were asking about government social license when it has additional tax revenue. I think I asked that question. Social license of Kiwi Bank? Is the, is the Sorry, what was that? Are you concerned about the social license of Kiwi Bank as the, as the only shareholder of that? Oh, look, and again, here I'm not speaking to every individual bank in the situation in this market. I'm making a general, giving a general response to a question that was asked without giving a policy prescription. Okay, just following on from Luke's point, though, I mean, isn't banks' responsibility, their primary only responsibility really to their shareholders and to maximise profit to their shareholders. And so why would they be doing anything other than celebrating yeah. record profits? Sure, but then on that basis, you know, at the same time, you see some banks promoting the fact that they are taking an environmentally responsible line by, for instance, offering lower interest rates for decarbonisation initiatives, buying EV cars, insulating your home. They frequently make decisions that may be seen to be less about profit and more about social corporate responsibility. Just asking them to perhaps broaden their remit of consideration in that regard. I suppose quite simply, what is it that you want to see happen? You've shared your frank opinion. You say that the government or your government isn't looking to do any policy work. So walking away from this press conference... Oh, no, what I'm saying is that we don't currently have a policy prescription and I don't have a straight-off-the-cuff answer to the problem from government. The point I'm making is not all solutions to these questions solely come from government. Maybe banks themselves may look at their, may look at their uh, uh, profits that they are posting in this current environment and ask the question of whether or not in this current environment there's a way that they can support uh, their customers through this period as well. It's a simple question. Just um, going back to the banks very briefly, do you really believe, both as a citizen of New Zealand and as a Prime Minister, or a citizen of the New Zealand community, do you believe that self-reflection will make the banks change how they operate? 
it hasn't, uh, it obviously that self-reflection has not brought change to date. But in this current environment where we are experiencing a significant cost of living issue for all New Zealanders, you know, I feel a responsibility to call on all those who may have the ability to ease that pressure to consider how they may do so. And I include the banks in that. So there we have it, um, the Prime Minister saying she'd like the banks to um, ease back on the profits, but she doesn't have any policy prescriptions to do that. I obviously asked about the idea of a windfall profits tax on banks. Back in the early 1980s, Margaret Thatcher, the Conservative Prime Minister in Britain, imposed a windfall profits tax on the banks as Britain was sharply increasing interest rates. It's a clearly identified uh, trend and factor when there is a tightening of monetary policy, when official interest rates go up, that bank margins increase as well. And so in effect, monetary policy tightenings are very good for bank profits. And as we've seen during COVID 2020 and 2021, the government's aggressive actions to put a base under the housing market and to ensure that the economy kept powering through has meant that bank losses on loans were incredibly low. In fact, in 2020 and 2021, the banks made some forecasts about their bad debts and those haven't come true. And now there are incredibly low uh, bad debt and other losses on loans, particularly on mortgages. So the banks have benefited from the government's intervention to rescue the economy. Overall then, uh, the banks in effect have socialized the losses involved with a downturn and are privatizing the profits of the following upturn. And they also benefit from an, from an implied government guarantee on their savings. Now the, at the moment in New Zealand, uh, we actually don't have a government guarantee on term deposits and savings accounts. We used to have one in the immediate aftermath of the global financial crisis where the banks paid a small levy to the government in exchange for the government promising to pay out if one of the banks fell over. There hadn't been one up until the global financial crisis in 2008, but the government scrambled to put one in place when the global financial system almost fell over. Now this was gradually uh, removed over the following three or four years and is no longer in place. But the government is in the process of building a deposit insurance scheme for the banks. So it's a fair thing to say that Savers believes that if a major bank was to get into trouble, the government would intervene to protect their savings. That is in effect a government guarantee on savings, which the banks benefit from because people are willing to give their money to the banks at a lower rate than if there was absolutely no guarantee. So, um, how radical would this be, a windfall profits tax? Well, obviously in Britain it was done, and in mid-2017, the then National Liberal Federal Leader of the Australian Government, Scott Morrison, so very much not a socialist, uh, imposed a large bank levy on banks of... 0.06% uh, of their lending, which is collecting upwards of $1.8 billion a year 
and is predicted to collect more by 2025. And I've got the details in the uh, article that's gone out with this podcast. So if New Zealand was to impose a similar sort of levy, you could call it a COVID windfall levy, and you could limit its length if you wanted, that uh, could raise upwards of um, two to three billion dollars a year from the banks. That would reduce their profits from over seven billion now to more like four and a half billion a year. So uh, what happens now? Well, we know that the Green Party has proposed a windfall profits tax on all large companies, not just banks, and uh, imitating the sorts of things we've seen overseas. Uh, the Prime Minister, you might recall in the, her comments, m made the point that banks were a bit different to the sort of uh, subjects of windfall profit taxes overseas. She's obviously referring to the uh, energy and oil companies in Europe and the United States. In Europe, they are now subject to windfall profits taxes because they have an unearned big surge in profitability because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And similar sorts of windfall profit taxes were imposed in similar spikes in oil prices in the 70s and 80s. And Joe Biden is again threatening some sort of windfall profits tax on oil companies, who, by the way, have doubled their profits in the last year to 200 billion US dollars. So should we have a windfall profits tax on banks? It would certainly um, raise some extra money, which you could either use to spend on helping those people who have really struggled through COVID and saw none of the benefits of rising asset prices. So those people who are renting, those people with working, who are working families, um, those people on benefits. The other option to use that two and a half, three billion dollars is to simply uh, not spend it and to reduce the government's budget deficit that would in effect be a tightening of fiscal policy and actually help the Reserve Bank fight inflation so that the Reserve Bank didn't need to put up mortgage rates by much more and in effect help boost the, the profits of the banks. So there are various arguments to do this and it's something that the Prime Minister clearly is thinking about, has not done much about yet and we'll get a chance later this morning to talk to Grant Robertson, who would be the one to make the sorts of decisions about that. And the other question that's unanswered yet is whether or not the banks would be subject to a market study in the same way that the fuel companies, the supermarkets and the building materials companies have been subject to inquiries into their uh, monopolistic powers and what the government could do about them. You'd have to think, um, given that there are no new industries lined up for market studies, that uh, the banks and the insurers actually would be next in line, given what we know about bank profits and insurance company profits. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was my Dawn Chorus, uh, a podcast that goes out with my email newsletter for paying subscribers every day. If you're listening to this because we've opened it up to the public, uh, for reading and listening and sharing. I'd like to thank the paying subscribers to the Kaka who um, pay for me to do this sort of public interest journalism and give, permission, give me permission to open it up. And you can also support the sort of public interest journalism that I do looking at climate change, housing affordability and child poverty 
by subscribing to be a full paying subscriber to the Kaka. Kakite anō.